you like to binge watch TV, did you know you could binge listen to podcasts? Head over to electronicmediacollective.com where they have podcasts for days. You like podcasts about wrestling? They have that. Do you like podcasts about TV and film? They have that. Do you like podcasts about horror? EMC has that too. Do you like comedy? Do you like books? Guess what? They've got you covered. Head over to electronicmediacollective.com. Pick your favorite podcast today. Hey, out there, Zubles. This is Mayor Ben, Ben Vereen, and you're listening to Bullspit. You got that? We're on Bullspit. Not to be confused with the other. Yes, we're Bullspit. <laughs> Doobly Zoo. Coming at Hey, Paul. Look over there at the size of that moose. Son, that's no moose. That there is a pile of bulls. Okay, we need to make a couple quick adjustments here, here, and here, and you know what? Yeah, I think that's better. Away we go. Everyone up, everyone in. Time for the fun to begin. Welcome, Moose Pack, to a very special episode of Bullspit with Moose. I'm your host, Moose. Today's guest is here to lend a helping hand as we just barely scratch the surface of his storied career in stage and screen. Without further ado, it is my honor to introduce the Emmy-nominated, Tony Award-winning, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Ben Vereen. Magic and wonders are waiting for you. It's I, it's I, the Jamaican snow lion talking to you today. <laughs> With an Irish accent. <laughs> That's the one snow lion I tell you he gets around. That snow lion, he gets around. <laughs> it, it's funny how those two accents kind of get interchanged a lot. They do, they do. They, always. I was doing, I was doing a, a Jamaican, I'd be, I'd be an Irish. I'm doing an Irish from being a Jamaican. <laughs> Uh, comes with the territory. So how's life treating you? Fabulous. Life is good. You know why? Woke up this morning. Exactly. That beats the alternative. No matter how you look at it, that beats the alternative. I woke up this morning, another chance to praise, another chance to talk, and I'm talking to the Apostle Paul, Moose, on, on, on Bullspit. Come on, life doesn't get any better than that. So, I gotta ask, what well, led you down the path to the entertainment career? I mean... What led me down that path? I don't know, son, I'm still trying to find that path. <laughs> 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 if you find it, will you let me know? <laughs> it's kind of hard right here in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> What led me down the path of entertainment? You know, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, the streets of what they call the ghetto or now the hood, you know, Herkimer Street in Rochester, Fulton and Troy. And, you know, kids on the block, you know, we used to do doo-wop on the corners, man. You know, you come in the neighborhood and now you see gangs wearing colors. We would, we had on blazers because we want to be like the platters or, or you know, the coasters or, you know, someone like that. And I sang with a quartet group called the Sensational Twilights of Brooklyn. Man, we were bad. I mean, I had Sam Cooke down. There was a woman in the Bible day. She had been sick so very long. Well, that's a bad impersonation of Sammy, mm. but I had him down. And so I would sing in churches. And not only that, my mother who was a maid, uh, you know, part-time and a seamstress part-time, anything to keep us from not having food. You do. And she also worked for people on the other side of the tracks who were 
in showbiz because she cleaned their houses. And she say, you know how mothers, they, they brag. You know, my little boy, he sings all the time. He's singing all, all these all time, singing up and down the house. Next thing I know, I'm in an audition. I don't know what an audition is. <laughs> but I do my little thing. It looks fun. Next thing I know, I'm in dance school. I didn't ask to go to dance school. That wasn't dance school with a bunch of pretty little girls. I said, I'll stay. <laughs> I'll go. I'm, I'm here. I'm good, Mom. I'm good. And and I'd make up things. I had a principal named Benjamin Rask who uh, saw the talent, and he put me with a guy named Mr. Hill. Now, Mr. Hill was head of the classroom that nobody else wanted. <laughs> like my classmates were guys like Killer, Shank Diablo, Diablo, the Mad Hatter. And ben. These are my classmates. You know? <laughs> nice guys. Nice guys. <laughs> and so he thought I had a little talent. So he hooked me up with Dr. Hill. Dr. Hill was doing a production of The King and I at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. And he asked me to come along and be in that cast. That was the first time I ever saw anything what a cast was all about. What was so wonderful about it, it was a 50-piece orchestra, all African-American. Wow. And it was the direct conductor's name was Dr. Bartholomew. It was, man, I was so blown away. I'd never seen that many black people in a tuxedo playing instruments of wonder. Violinists, cellists, oboists, symphony drums. I was blown. I'd sit on the edge of the stage and just marvel at this orchestra. Well, I got the opportunity when I got back to school after doing the show, uh, the King and I, my principal suggested I go to a place called the High School of Performing Arts. Now, understand the High School of Performing Arts is in Manhattan. I lived in Brooklyn. He might as well said, we want you to go to a school in Europe. Because for me, we had never been across the bridge. Brooklyn was my home. Brooklyn was where all the fine ladies were, all my guys were, where we hung out, where we sang doo-wop on the corners. That was my home. Now you're going to lift me up and make me a, a refugee in another country called New York? Oh, my God, Mom. Come on. Well, I ended up in the high school of performing arts, and that's where it started. Thanks to a lady named Dr. Rachel Yoakum. She had white hair. So we called her Commander Whitehead. <laughs> yeah and so that because that was right on up it was on 46th street up the street from the, the imperial theater you know a bunch of broadway houses on that block so i would walk up and down the block looking at the posters and wondering what was going on on the inside and then finally, one day, I got the opportunity to find out. I went to a lady by the name of Ernie Sanchez, and she would put together these dances for jazz shows. So she pointed to me and said, you're coming with me to do this jazz show. And there were people in it like, Les, you probably don't know these things. These are great dancers. Lester Wilson, Michael Peters, who gave us Michael Jackson. He taught him the moon dance. Oh, there are many of us. Many in the cast. Winston Hemsley. An amazing artist, an amazing artist. They're all gone now. I'm the only one here telling their story. Hey, someone's <laughs> got to tell right, it. Guys. Yeah, I got it. Somebody's got to tell it. <laughs> so we went in a bus down to Pittsburgh. We got out the bus. It was for a woman named Mary Lou Williams, a pianist and a fabulous jazz artist. 
And she had people there like Dakota Staten, Joe Williams, Thelonious Monk, mm. Moms Mabley. I mean, oh, the list man. went on and on and on and on. I was sitting in the wings and just, I, I didn't remember my steps. I was so blown away. Well, I got back to school and I'd been kicked out of school because in performing arts, you're not allowed to go out and do a show while you're in the school. I didn't know that. I'm from Brooklyn. I sing in quartet groups. I don't do ballet. I don't do any of that stuff. But now I'm learning it. So my mother came up and Dr. Yoakum went to the head principal and said, this boy must stay in school. And she kept me in school. After that, you know, my life has been blessed, son. It's been so blessed. I was in high school with a teacher by the name of Vinette Carroll, an African-American woman. I guess that's the way you say it now. She was a black woman. She was gorgeous. She was an artist. And she, would, she did a show called Your Arms Are Too Short, The Box With God, right? So she pointed at me and said, I want you, when you graduate, to come do my show, The Prodigal Son, off-Broadway. I said, off-Broadway? Yeah, off-Broadway. What's off-Broadway? She said, you'll find out it's a little church. It's underneath a little church on the east side of the west side. So I went down there, and I'm doing this show called The Prodigal Son, you know, with fabulous artists. And so one night I was leaving the theater, and this gentleman bumps into me. And he says, uh, where's the men's dressing room? I said, I just left. It's back there somewhere. He said, I'm looking for Benjamin Vereen. And I said, I'm Benjamin Vereen. What you want? Because I was still a gangster in those days. So I, was still, <laughs> I mean, when I, when I said, what, what you talking about, man? What you want? You know? Come on. He looked at me and said, you look like you need a dinner. <laughs> he said, let me buy you dinner. His name was Langston Hughes. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That, that my life's been like that. Blessings along the path. Blessings along the path. Now, you got another question for me? <laughs> yeah, it just took a minute to take all that in. Holy Lord. <laughs> you got to send me this, man. <laughs> I want to hear this myself. <laughs> My path has been uh, paved with stumbling stones. And, and, and papers and going all over the boat of the desk, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask him that, but he already answered that. Let's see if he already answered Oh, man, you already talked about that. <laughs> You managed to take that love, and you're still doing Broadway today. Yes, yes. And that's real good if you can come see it through pandemics on to all of Broadway's dark. <laughs> well, see, and yeah, it, it's one of my uh, goals in life is to actually get to New York to see you perform. Oh, where are you? You're in, uh, you're in Denver? I'm in Nebraska. You're in Colorado? Where are you? Nebraska. Nebraska, of course. I said, no. Right in the middle. <laughs> of course, from Nebraska. <laughs> that's that's where you get bull spit from. <laughs> New York don't talk about bull spit. Nebraska. All right, Moose, stay it on me. Pippin seems to be the gift that keeps giving to you. I mean, you were in a film version oh, of it. Oh, You've oh, done, oh. I think, multiple stage versions of it. I directed it? Yeah. I look like I'm getting ready to direct it again. That's awesome. I think so, too. You know, I spoke to uh, Stephen Schwartz, and he gave us the okay. American for the Arts, we want to do something for CBS. So we're, we're talking. So keep your fingers crossed. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Pippin has been amazing to me. I was doing a show with a gentleman you should know his name, 
is Tom O'Horgan. Mm-hmm. Why does you know that name? Tom O'Horgan was one of the first directors in the 60s to break the fourth wall with a show called Hair. Yep. Which I had the opportunity and privilege of honor doing in L.A. where I met Michael Butler. I love that show. While I was doing Hair, I ended up in San Francisco doing a show, play by a man named Charles Gardon called No Place to Be Somebody. And I get a call from Tom. I've been out in New York for years now. I'm in the world of the West Coast. You know, I'm doing theater on the streets in San Francisco. I'm hanging out with the hippies, which is really an oxymoron, a black hippie. But I was hanging out. I was a hippie. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Tom sent me a telegram. In those days, they had telegrams. They're not like today. You text. Those days, it was a piece of paper. And I get the telegram. It tells me to go pick up an album called Jesus Christ Superstar. Yep. I go and I pick up the album and I made a cassette. Got to tell you young people about cassettes. They don't know about that anymore. It was, it was, a, it was a piece of uh, film that went across a, a little box. You put it in a machine, made music, great. I made me the album of Jesus Christ Superstar and they flew me for the first time, first class, man. First class, they flew me to New York. Dream come true for a kid from Brooklyn. Well, you know, I didn't understand something. Getting on a plane was an adventure for me. Because in, in, in my neighborhood, you didn't get on planes. So somebody gave me first class, I thought it was a mistake. I looked at the lady, she said, you're up here. I said, no, I'm back there. She said, no, you're up here. I said, up here where? She said, up here, first class. I went, no. And boys, and I might just stick out all the way to New York. I know people coming down the aisle, I said, yo, hey, look. See me, I'm sitting in first class. Ain't not cool? <laughs> But anyway, I get to New York, and I'm auditioning for the show Jesus Christ Superstar, and I sang against a guy who's amazing, good friend of mine, Carl Anderson, who had been doing Judas on the road with Yvonne Elliman and Jeff Finholt to play Jesus, who thought he was Jesus. Anyway, I sang against him. Tom was the director, so Tom convinced him that I should do the part on Broadway, and I opened on Broadway in Jesus Christ Superstar. Not only that, I was nominated for a Tony the first year. I didn't even know what a Tony or who Tony was. And I was nominated. And I said, well, what, what, what happens, man? Did Tony come to your house and, you know, have dinner with you and the folks? What's a Tony? Who's Tony? He's the boss. Oh, oh, he's the boss. I've got you. So, so they take me up and get, I get a tuxedo. I go to the, you know, the uh, Tony's. The next day, I get a call from, from Bob Foster. Now, Bob and I had met in a show called Sweet Charity. Years ago, when I was unemployed and hanging out at the Palace Theater, he called me inside to audition. He called me and about 10,000 other boys, men into the room. It was like the opening of all that jazz. That's when I first met Bob. Now I was in Jesus Christ Superstar. I've been nominated for Tony. I wanted to show him what I had done, what he had, what he had started, you know? So I go and audition for him. He says, uh, your, 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 your reading's not too good, but I'll call you. So he calls up and he says, you got the role of the leading player. I said, fabulous. He said, we're sending over the script. I get the script. I'm going down to uh, Philadelphia because I got a call from Joey Bishop. He was doing a golf thing. And so he asked me to come down and sing it as entertainment. 
I'm reading the script and there was no lines in there for me. I went to my agent and I said, uh, I, 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 I've committed to this. He said, don't do it, Ben. He said, there is a 90% chance this won't make it. I said, well, if Fosse's doing it, I'm going to go with Bob. And the rest is history. Uh, again, that's just another one of those. Oh, oh, oh. You asked my questions before I answered them. <laughs> I asked them. <laughs> well, and, and another one of those forks in the road where you're just, your your uh, career just lines up perfectly with. Yes. It, yes. It keeps you on trajectory. Yes, yes. Meanwhile, I'm just flowing with the flow. I'm flowing with spirit. And all along my path, spirit has been the foremost guide in my life through the ups and through the downs, through the dark days and the bad days, spirit always held me up and still is to this day. We forget that when we're teaching the art. You see, in the beginning, God created. It does not say in the beginning, God manufactured. So we are all expressions of the great divine, Allah, Buddha, Jesus, Yahweh, uh, the higher power, whatever you call that divine energy that creates life itself is a creative force. And those of us who are fortunate enough to go be called to the performing arts of life, we get the chance and the honor of expressing the divine through our work. And that's what I love about what I do. And then you get to meet young people coming along the path and you get to want to share it with them so that they are lifted up. And, and, and you know, when I teach, I teach from a spiritual base. Because if you don't know who you are, you don't know where you're going to go. Oh, yeah. So I try, to give, I try to get them to realize that the brilliance, the excellence that you're seeking, it's really seeking you. You just got to get out of the way. <laughs> How do we do that? Well, you have to come to my class and find out. <laughs> that was a little plug for me and mine on your radio show. <laughs> hey, this is your time. But, plug away, my friend. Okay. Plug away. Your TV career is just as with iconic moments. There's Roots. There's another uh, uh, one. There's another one. The moment I, I, in Fresh was... Prince that means a lot to a lot of people where yes. you played... Uh, his will's father yeah will's dad who wasn't around and yes. on a personal level that episode meant a lot to me because you know yes. my dad was an absentee dad yes. so that yes. whole yes. episode yes. just was phenomenal uh, again still doing tv you've been on magnum pi recently you've been on you know i mean you, you're still doing this stuff and it's just like man you don't slow down yeah you know uh my godmother who was a missionary in brooklyn mary eddie she was married to Reverend Eddie Eddie. That's real. That's real. And they had a vagabond ministry. What I mean by that is they would go, whenever a minister would go on, on vacation, he would bring his little congregation into that church, and we would have church. Or we'd have church in someone's home. And she had a testimony. Her testimony was this. She's singing, you know, his eyes on the sparrow, and, you know, she had the house down. She said, say, you know, when I die... I want God to look at me and say, you didn't rush out of life. You worked out of life. Come on home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mama Mary. It's an awesome. Yep. Uh, a truly amazing. Uh... Don't, don't rush out of your life, son. No. Don't let them take it away from you. Don't, don't you let them do that. They're trying to do that these days. Don't you let them do that. 
No, live your life you day know, by day and enjoy, you know, that's enjoy right. what you have. One of your recent television projects, you were on the live television version of Rocky Horror Picture Show, which kind of combines. Rocky Horror. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I was in that. It, it combines yes, Broadway and TV. Yes, yes. Yeah, I had never seen it. I had never seen it. And Kenny Ortega, the director, puts me in this show called, you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show. These wonderful actors. And then he says, you're going to be in a wheelchair. I said, oh. <laughs> but I was lucky because I worked with a woman named Mary Verdes Fletcher. Let me tell you about Mary Verdes Fletcher. Mary was born with spinal bifida. Her mother was a fantastic dancer. Her dream was to be a dancer, but she was tied to the wheelchair. One night when she was in her teens or so, up in the age, she went to the disco where she'd go every night and watch other people dance, and she'd rock back and forth in her wheelchair. A gentleman came over and said, want to dance? She said, yeah, I want to dance. Nobody had ever asked her. She ends up on that floor. They're dancing to a contest. They win the contest. Wow. The next day in the paper, she reads that the Cleveland Ballet Company was having an audition. She went to the audition in her wheelchair. They're going down the line and, you know, checking people. They see her in the wheelchair. Uh, excuse me. Uh, this is for dancers. She said, I'm a dancer. She said, yeah, but, uh, but uh, we, uh, she said, no, I'm a dancer. I dance in this wheelchair. He said, well, we don't have those type of things. She said, no. Oh, and she left. But she came back every day to that audition. Same casting guy looking and say, what do you want from us? She said, I want you to start a company for disabled dancers. And she started the Cleveland Ballet on Wheels. Wow. She came and taught me how to dance in a wheelchair years ago when I had my knees done. I had my knees replaced after my accident in 92. I know we'll get to that. I'm, I'm advancing you. <laughs> in 92. So she came to Kessler Rehabilitation Center in New Jersey where Bonnie Evans is a CEO, this beautiful, beautiful black woman, African-American, because she's a beautiful woman. She's a great friend. And she taught me how to dance in a wheelchair. So when, when I got, I, I was looking at the wheelchair, I said, well, let's get busy. <laughs> oh, it was fun. It was fun. I wasn't necessarily going to dive into the accident because I don't. Oh, I thought you were. Everybody usually does. That's why I just do it on the table. <laughs> well, I mean, if off. you want to talk about it. Excuse, no, no, excuse me. I'll take it off the table. Let me take it off the table. <laughs> now, go where you want to go. I figured, you know, at this point, we could probably just go ahead and dive into a Zoobly Zoo. Oh, yeah, Zoobly Zoo. <laughs> you were in charge. That's you were why the you're mayor. Here. That's why you're here. <laughs> Zoobly Zoo, Mayor Ben. Oh, man. We had no idea the impact that show would have. I had no idea. Well, and you got to intro everything. and Yes, yes, that's what I did. But you see, the intros I did in like two days. The cast stayed on after me because I was on the road at that time doing my shows and, you know, in the concert halls and operas and the, uh, casinos. And, you know, I was, I was busy. I was working. So my manager at the time asked me what I like to do this show. And I said it was a kid's show and I had kids of my own. I said, I'd love to, you know. So I ended up being the snow lion. 
but it's Jamaican accent. For years, I didn't know what the animal was. It's like, is it a leopard? Is he's a, a slow lion. I thought he was a leopard too, <laughs> but he's a Jamaican. Because <laughs> it's like I saw the leopard. It's like him, like why is him, like lion? him, like him, jerk chicken in front. Him, like him, jerk chicken. You know, <laughs> him, like him, like jerk chicken yaki and rice. You know, with some haggis. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Hagelblad. No, no, that guy. <laughs> Do you still get recognized to this day as Mayor Ben? Oh, yes. I can't tell you how many people I run into who stop me and go, Mayor Ben, Mayor Ben. And then, oh, they'll go, Zoopily Zoo, Zoopily Zoo. And I have to go, Magic and Wanda, we're waiting for you. <laughs> See, there it goes, Irish again. But, you know, <laughs> but yeah, people do that. And it's wonderful. I think what the success of the show was that the show never talked down to the young people. It talked with them. And we asked parents to come and be a part of the show. That was our goal. It didn't feel like kid shows of the day where, okay, and today you're going to learn the alphabet. No, 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 no. It was very much no, a story-driven show. You picked up the lessons the as lesson. it went along. And, you know, as I've mentioned in the interviews with some of the other guys, the stories from then, you could plop those in a show right now, and they're still relevant. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. That's some staying power. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I, I'm so glad it's on YouTube because I can send it off to, you know, young people that have kids, you know, and, and they get to watch with their kids and Oh, thanks. Can you send some more? Can you send some more? It's wonderful. New generation. New generation. I have my kids watching it now because they, they, they keep asking me what I'm talking about. And I'm like, shut up. Watch this. <laughs> yeah, sure. Show them. Show them. Show them. This one, one. This one, do it. Thank, thank you. That keeps us alive. Yeah. And yeah, it's. I think it was Cockatoo was trying to get it on the air again. And was trying to do an animated. See, that, that'd be a fun route to go. Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, she does it. I'm aboard. Say, there's a huge fan group for it on uh, Facebook. There is? Yeah. Wow. That's exciting. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, uh, Stevie runs it, runs the uh, Facebook page for it. That's fabulous. Yeah, she runs the Facebook page for the, uh, runs the Zoobly Zoo Facebook page. And, yeah, it's just this huge community of... Really? I've got I've to go on and see it. I never saw that. You know, just fans that love the show and are all people who grew up watching you know watching you guys do what you do and to this day are still enthralled by the magic of zoobily zoo oh sweet thank you son thank you i appreciate that i'm sure my other zoobles appreciate it too speaking of uh sandy says hi hey sandy how are you doing these days oh good 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 to hear Give them my love. They were wonderful. That cast was amazing. I'm sorry I didn't get enough time. I, that cast was lightning in a bottle. What? It was. You know, I get a chance to be, play with them every week as they got to play, but I got to introduce and do that wonderful dance in the beginning and throw it away. Yeah, the dance that everyone tries, tried to imitate as a kid, and you're just like, I can't get the steps right. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I know our time's short today, so I'm going to ask, uh, do you have... Uh, any upcoming projects that you want to talk about? Yeah, I just did. The Pippin Project. Uh, we, we are, we're working on that. You know, got all our prayers going that way. Please, if you want it, it'll be there for you. Um, and uh, there's a couple of things that I, I don't like to talk about things unless they're ink. You know, because you know, I've said that a lot of times in future future. What happened to that uh, 
that, that show you were doing where you're going to ski off the Empire State Building and fly across to the towers and they took down the towers. Whatever happened to that show? I said, well, you know, we never got the money for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, so, but, you know, we got projects um, that we're looking at. And right now, the, I'm focused on the Pippin project. Uh, I just recently did a telethon for uh, a telethon, a, a fundraiser for care for the homeless. Because with everything going on in the world, right now, we're forgetting about our own, our brothers and sisters, our mothers and fathers, our, our children who are homeless here in our cities. And, uh, you know, with the pandemic going on, uh, this particular organization, Care for the Homeless, they got in front of the curve and, and they distanced all their people in their shelters. So I just did a fundraiser for them uh, on the air. And we'll probably air again sometime. But I'm finding the virtual thing is taking off, so I'm glad to be a part of that. There's so much to learn. So where can fans find out more about you and kind of keep up to date with what you have going on? So you can find out anything you want to lay on my website or what I'm doing, what I'm kicking around. You know, right now I'm trying to keep the arts alive in our lives because um, we forget that our life is an art form and the arts is the one thing that has propelled us to where we are today, not exactly where we are right now. The arts is not about that. That's about somebody's craziness, you know, messing around with chemicals and they shouldn't have slapped their hands. Uh, but for those of us who want to, you know, embrace life, embrace the arts. We cannot leave the arts out of the equation. The arts has been here to take us through every pandemic, every war, every AIDS epidemic, every everything we've gone through. Arts have been here. Got to find time to laugh. Yep, got to find time to laugh. Thank you. Thank you for that. that see, that's a possible call, right? <laughs> well, listeners, the link to his website will be in the episode description. You can find me on Twitter at the handle Moose Media Inc., or Moose, at the Mi- wait a minute, wait a minute. Moose Media Inc. I like that, son. Who's the moose? I'm the moose. You're the moose? Yep, I'm the moose. No, you Paul. You fooling me, right? <laughs> <laughs> you apostle Paul. You try to disguise yourself as the moose because you know people aren't reading the Bible like they used to. <laughs> Oh, man. So you're coming back as a moose. I, I got your game, man. And you're giving them bull spit. <laughs> I got you. Don't worry. Your cover's safe with me. I've been a snow lion all of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This truly has been an honor, and I can't thank you enough for coming on and uh, chatting with me today. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure, Moose. And God bless you, you and your family. Keep your children safe, and we'll get through this nonsense. We got the arts. We'll get through this nonsense. Okay? And listeners, there's a lot of good podcasts out there. Unless you heard it here, it's probably just a load of bullspit. <laughs> Go to bullspit. <laughs> Take like it easy. ooh that sure was some bullspit. But I sure had fun. Junior, you just helped. Be sure to tune in next time.